like being right, but so often our need to be right gets in the way of relationship building, growth, and happiness. I get honest about the pitfalls of arguing and share how being right is about so much more than fact-checking. I talk about the blessing it is to not know everything, but get to keep learning, and wrap it up by talking about the power of love and the importance of seeing the person behind the difference of opinion. Thanks for being here. Hi, I'm Becky, the host of the Girl on a Hill podcast, where we encourage you to stop hiding, start shining, and to be the woman you were created to be. You can download Girl on a Hill podcast on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and now let's head to the hill. Hey, welcome to Girl on a Hill. I am here by myself today. It has been it has been a crazy end of summer. I won't lie and say it hasn't been a rough go for kind of every girl on the hill. We've all been kind of going through our own thing, but I am grateful we got to go on a family trip, kind of make the most of our last weekend before school starts. Three people in my family start school tomorrow. Actually, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, they started school today. And we start our, I think, eighth year of homeschooling this year. So I'm really excited to, I am totally the person who, if you know the movie You've Got Mail, talks about bouquets of newly sharpened pencils. It just all makes me very excited. Back to school time is probably my very favorite time of the year. Heading into fall, which is my very favorite season. So it's been hard, but all good things, good things coming, good things coming. All right, now, I am continuing our Letting Go series. I'm not going to lie, today's is, <laughs> today's is going to be hard. Um, it's it's going to be hard for a lot of people because today's topic really requires us to embrace humility and selflessness and to put other people first. And when we're thinking about laying down our need to be right, our first thought might not have anything to do with other people. We tend to think being right is about information, about accuracy. We're like, this doesn't have anything to do with other people. And that is the problem. If we want to truly address our need to be right, we have to recognize that this is not an information issue centered around fact-checking. It's a heart issue centered around how we treat other people at its core. Now, I absolutely, I love the book and the movie Wonder. It is amazing. If you haven't read it, watched it, go right now. Come back and finish this. You absolutely should read the book, though. It is actually the very first lit study we're doing at homeschool this year. I'm very excited. But there is a quote in the book that has stuck with me, and I wanted to open today's podcast with it. When given the choice between being right or being kind, choose kind. You know, and that's really the thing because those things tend to stand in contrast, especially in today's world where being right, typically, if we need to be right, it usually means we're arguing, usually means we're putting someone down. Let's just choose to be kind. It's so much more important than being right. Okay, I'd ask, are you ready for some definitions? Now, I don't have Crystal or or Jolene or Sydney here to tell me that, you know, oh, they're not ready. I don't know if you're ready, but here they come. Now, the first definition I am defining the need to be right 
as stated by changingminds.org. There's a great website for you. Okay, the need to be right. The need, again, this is need. When we're talking about needs, we really got to evaluate ourselves. The need for whatever you say to be true and to have everyone accept what you say as true. So it's not just about you know you're right. It's everybody else has to know you're right. Okay, a consciousrethink.com defines it as this. The need to be right is an incredibly unhealthy perspective that can wreak havoc on your personal and professional life. Whew, they are right. An incredibly unhealthy perspective. Nestlabs.com said this. Being right means that events go to plan in alignment with our expectations. Okay, so I'm getting gut punched. I wrote this a couple months ago. Wow. Yeah, being right means that events go to plan in alignment with our expectations. If you're like me, I'm a planner. I like things to go to plan. I like my expectations to be met. And I have a lot of expectations that I shouldn't have. So making that connection is rough, but really important. And the last one is the need to be right helps our sense of control. Tied back into that control issue. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. Oh, man, it was harder for me to to study. I learned again as I was recording and talking with Crystal, and then I learned more as I re-listened, just enjoying it on my walk one day, just letting that soak in. We all have such a problem with control. Okay, so now we're going into traits. Now, again, I've been kind of flip-flopping back and forth this summer of traits that you know you don't want to be and traits that you do. So today's trait list is inspirational. These are traits of someone who does not need to be right. Okay, they are humble. I love that. They are a lifelong learner. I put that in here because that, number one, it's one of my top goals as a homeschooling parent. I want my children to be lifelong learners and I want to be a lifelong learner. But if you're going to let go of your need to be right, you need to be moldable and teachable. You need to recognize that there are things you do not know. There are things you are wrong about. There are places in your belief system for some wiggle room. Um, I love that. If you're a lifelong learner, it means my mind can change. I can learn new things. It's really important. Ooh, this is going to be a hard one for a lot of people. Holds their tongue. You do not need to join in every disagreement and discussion, be it in real life or on social media. You can hold your tongue. Hold your keys, so to speak. They are listeners. A lost art. They are respectful. (laughs) Also, also diminishing. They are peace-loving. Peace-loving. Oh, not drama-seeking, not drama-chasing. Peace-loving. They admit when they're wrong. Something we all need to do more of. They are open-minded. And they welcome questions about their thoughts and ideas. It's actually really great. I find that's that's the best way to get into discourse with somebody is asking honest, genuine questions. So yeah, I welcome that. If we ever say something on the hill you don't agree with, let me know. Like just ask a question, do it in a respectful way. Now you want to know how we got here to this place where we need to be right? Whew. 
The first one makes me sad because I experienced this as a child. I've seen it in my own children as a parent. I saw it as a classroom teacher. It's, we've been led to believe that not knowing means we're dumb. Now, this is every kid at school. You probably are nodding along. We have this very, very wrong belief that we're expected to know everything before we've learned it. And sometimes, yes, asking for clarification in a group setting, be it you're a student at school, maybe you're at church. Maybe, I love that. Hey, if you're, if you're in the area, you want to come to a church where discussion and discourse is encouraged, come to 6-8. David will sometimes stop and he'll ask, like, do you have any questions? Am I making sense? What do you need to know more about? And then people dialogue and we talk and we ask questions in the middle of the service. And, and sometimes that's scary to pipe up and say, actually, I'm not really sure what this verse means or I'm not really sure about this. This might be at work. You know, <laughs> I pictured Jim with Charles Minor asking for the rundown, and he's too embarrassed to just go tell him, I don't know what a rundown is. We're, we're, we're like that. I didn't know how to tell time in the first grade, and they just moved on. She asked, does anybody have any questions, or can we move on? I didn't raise my hand. We think not knowing means we're dumb. Um, you know, and yes, sometimes asking for help will lead to that one person expressing irritation at you for slowing things down. Because here's the thing, not everybody is going to want to learn, grow, and fully understand. They just want to get on with their day. So what? Don't let that person stop you from learning all that you can or getting the help that you need. Just because they don't want to learn doesn't mean you shouldn't. So absolutely, we feel like we need to be right because we've equated right or with knowing and knowing with being smart. And we need to unlearn all of that. The second, I didn't cloud it up with a lot of words. I just wrote it straight out. Needing to be right is a mask for insecurity. You know, and I just see that sometimes when we are insecure about who we are, about what we know about our worth. It's, it feels shameful when we don't know something. And so we have to pretend that we know or we talk a lot or we argue just to make ourselves seem smarter because we're worried about who we are. It's a city would say, your insecurity showing. Uh, This one, I see this too. This makes me sad. We've made all of life a competition. So I need to be right because I want to win. And here's the thing with being right. We don't just want to be right. We want to make sure that you know you're wrong. I win, you lose, I'm right, you're wrong. Because we've made it all a competition. There's no prize. No one's coming to hand out the award or the gold star saying, you win, you're the smartest in the room. It's just not coming. Okay, next point. How did we get here? This is how uh, society handles mistakes. How society handles mistakes help to get us here. So we need to be right because we've been ingrained from a very young age that making mistakes which we make a mistake when we don't fully know or understand something, we don't have all of the information, we don't know the correct way to do things, means punishment. I think we've made, we're have made making strides in a lot of families. But growing up, we all experienced this. And as parents, we've all flipped out when our kid makes a mistake. Um, but we can grow and learn from our mistakes. Remember that whether it's your child or the next time you make a mistake or you don't know something all the way. You know, you go, okay, I tried it this way. That didn't work. 
So now I'm going to make some changes. Or I behaved this way and it had this social consequence. So now I know not to do that. We see mistakes that way when we have a growth mindset. But most of us are just scared of the consequence of admitting we made a mistake. So we cling furiously to our assertion that we're right, that we did the right thing. We didn't mess up. I'm okay. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't hurt your feelings. I didn't make a mistake. I didn't do something wrong. I'm right. Because we're just so scared of admitting we made the mistake because mistake means punishment. Now, it's easy to see this in kids. I'm going to point this out if you're a parent. (laughs) We joke a lot that not me. Or did a lot of stuff in our house where we'll sit all the kids down. Okay, well, who did this? Oh, me. Not me did so many things here. Obviously, someone did it. They don't want to admit it. And we think, oh, yeah, well, that's a kid thing. That's something we outgrow. No, it isn't. We do this all the time. We're just so afraid to own up to our mistakes because we're afraid we're going to be punished when really that's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we do better next time. Okay. Here comes the truth. Oh, I'm, I'm not pulling my punches. I am coming just right out the gate hard for you today. Truth you need to hear, number one, needing to be right means that you embrace argument. I didn't write anything else on my paper because I feel like that says a million words. Needing to be right means that you embrace argument. Is that, is that one of the words you want people to define you by? The, you know, the little icebreaker mixer things? Uh, you know, name three adjectives that describe you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Holly and I'm argumentative. Is that what you want? But, but when we fight for our need to be right, be it in real life, be it on a forum, um, <laughs> I just hid the most drama-filled forum in my life this week and I'm feeling so much better. But we fight for our need to be right online. It's arguing. It is not discourse. It is not discussion. It is arguing. Needing to be right means you love argument. Here's the truth you need to hear. You don't actually know everything. And I think, honestly, that is a blessing. I think I would be super sad if I got to the point where there was nothing else for me to learn or to understand. And thank God that's never going to happen for me or for any of us. And sometimes, though, it's just hard. It's hard to admit that you're wrong and that you don't know. But it's okay not to know. And I think it's exciting not to know everything because it means you have so much more learning to do. I love learning. All right, let's keep going. I think one of the most freeing things we can grasp hold of is the knowledge that we don't actually have to know everything. I think it's okay. We talked about it in one of the other podcasts this summer about letting a little maybe into your life. And I think it's okay to let a little mystery into your life. You know, this is me, the super planner, the controller, the wanting to see 53 years into my future and needing to know exactly what's going to happen. And we want that certainty. I think it's okay. I think it's good sometimes just not to know. It's okay. It's okay to let another person be an expert. Uh, All right, here we go. Now, this is going to be one where you are immediately going to think of that coworker or that friend at your mom's group. But let's point a finger at ourselves first, okay? No one wants to deal with someone who always thinks they're right. It is really irritating to be constantly corrected, and it's often very unnecessary 
So if you are that person, stop it. <laughs> we don't want to be around you. Uh, here we go. I, I am really going for it today. Opinions are not facts. This is one of the, skill, the skills I taught my kids and my students uh, very early on is how to distinguish fact from opinion. Very, very, very important skill that so many of our adults today do not have. Um, and I think we very quickly confuse opinions from truth a lot. As a parent, I use the expression sometimes, you know, that's not a hill I want to die on, meaning you pick your battles. And here's an opinion for you. I don't think opinions are worth arguing about. I do not think it matters. You do not need to be right about opinions. Okay, that person didn't like that movie and you do. Those are opinions. They are not worth fighting about. Okay, they have that streaming service in their home and you don't. Opinions, not worth fighting about. We go back, we joke around chunky peanut butter versus smooth peanut butter. Not worth fighting about. These are opinions. These are not gospel truth. These are not uh, ultimate truth. These are opinions. Okay. I I didn't muck this one up either. It's just, it stands on its own. Arguing about how right you are doesn't make you righteous. Let's say that again. Arguing about how right you are doesn't make you righteous. I feel like we argue in the name of truth all the time. And sometimes we're even arguing for things that are true. But I'm wondering if the way that we're going about it does damage. You're never going to argue somebody into changing their mind. Argument's not going to change anybody's life. Arguing doesn't make you righteous. And very similarly, speaking your mind is not a virtue. I just uh, picked, we, we do family night, Friday night family nights, where we each take a turn choosing the movie. And so everybody gets what they want every six weeks. I just picked uh, Anna Green Gables, the Canadian miniseries version, where I just, oh, I love, I love it. I cry the second I hear the music. And, you know, Rachel Lind prides herself on speaking her mind. Well, you are not Rachel Lind. Um, I would posit that being argumentative actually demonstrates the opposite of righteousness. And it's super important to remember, like I just said, that argument doesn't change changes change minds about what you're arguing about, but it can change someone's mind about you. Psychology Today gives us our next one. They said, what feeds our need to be always right is usually a misguided form of pride. All right, I still have more. Golly, Becky. Uh, The rabbit hole is so much deeper than information. It's so much deeper. When I think about being right, my mind first goes to winning the argument, to having the right information, but it's so much deeper. Needing to be right is also about justifying your behavior your attitude, your choices, and the way you treat others. A conscious rethink said this, a person who needs to be right can't take responsibility for their own shortcomings. That person who feels the need to always be right will typically have a difficult time acknowledging that they are the problem 
pushing their responsibility off onto someone else where it does not belong. If someone can't admit they are wrong, it's going to make problems much worse because it'll take far more work to fix the source of the issue. When we need to be right, we struggle to admit when we've messed up. We blame shift or we justify or we wipe it away. We never own up. And then how are things ever going to be resolved? Nobody can come back together after that. We have to own up to what we've done. And and we have to drop this need to be right and be like, you know what? What I did wasn't okay. I wasn't right in this situation. Being right isn't always about information and whether you you know the right facts. It's also, am I acting rightly? Am I doing what is right? And when you're not doing what is right, we need to own up to that. All right. Two more truths. They're both pretty important. Uh, It's keeping you from growth. As author Mark Manson put it, people who base their self-worth on being right about everything prevent themselves from learning from their mistakes. They lack the ability to take on new perspectives and empathize with others. They close themselves off to new and important information. It's far more helpful to assume that you're ignorant and don't know a whole lot. This keeps you unattached to superstitious or poorly informed beliefs and promotes a constant state of learning and growth. Keeps you unattached to poorly informed beliefs when you have that growth mindset, when you're willing to take on new information. We don't want to base our self-worth on being right. We want to be able to grow. We want to be able to move forward. We want to be able to learn from everybody. Oh, I lied. I still have two more truths. See, I'm admitting my mistakes. All right, here we go. Again, a conscious rethink. They were a great source uh, for this one. Thank you to the folks over there. The need to be right is robbing you of happiness. Okay, we have enough to be unhappy about. We have enough stress. We're all tired. We don't need this. We don't need this keeping us down. Now, why is it robbing you of your happiness? Because a person who needs to be right can't tolerate when someone else is. They may feel like they're constantly on the offense or defense with everyone else in the world who has an opinion they don't agree with. Now, who wants that? And you know what? We've talked about this before, but you're never going to find anybody who agrees with you about absolutely everything. My husband and I disagree about things. There, I, I feel like our church is beautiful because we have people on all sides of the, of the spectrum and we all love each other and we're united and it's okay. You don't need to agree with everybody on everything. But when you need to be right, you feel like you have to prove them wrong. NinaMir.com said, you'll never be happy as long as you insist others are wrong. How can you be happy when your life is about going on the attack? And or playing defense or, or playing off. You know, I love football, but those kids, they get hurt. Is that what you want where your life is constantly knocking people down or trying not to get hit? I'm going to say that again. You'll never be happy as long as you insist others are wrong. All right. Now, not to say I know some of you out there, well, some people are right. Some people are wrong. Some people are wrong about things. The difference here is you don't need to go tell them about it. Uh, put attack ads out on social media, write signs and stand on the street corner yelling at them. 
you don't have to go on on attack. You can just leave them be. Uh, okay. Especially when it comes to things that are not uh, eternal. Here we go. People are more important. This is the absolute last truth, and it is the biggest one that I want you to hear me on. People are more important. The person that you are wanting to argue with is so much more important than proving your point. Especially because here, you know, and I know a lot of people are thinking, well, Becky, what what if someone doesn't agree with the gospel? I know, and that breaks my heart, too, and it breaks the Father's heart. But that isn't necessarily everything I'm talking about today. Some of the things we go to battle over are the dumbest things. It's about what did we do last Thursday night? Or when was the last time we had the Johnsons over? Or the dumbest little things that we're willing to argue and go to the death over. Things that are not in the Bible, that are not laid out in Scripture. And even those things, we're going about it in the completely wrong way. We are supposed to change people by our love, not by our arguments. The person that you're wanting to argue with is a person. They are an actual person with feelings. And, and unity is so much more important than, than agreeing on every little tiny thing. They are a person. And when you're insisting they're wrong and when you're attacking what they believe and what, what they think, uh, you know, it's, it's real hard to have a solid relationship. In that, in that case, you need to go about that in a loving and respectful way way where discourse is exchanged and where both parties enter into a discussion, not just a you are wrong and here's why in an angry uh, kind of way. I want some tips. Well, they're coming. All right. This is big. Say I don't know more often. It will help you acknowledge verbally that you don't actually know everything. Saying I don't know is actually very empowering and it can lead you either collaborating, asking for help, letting other people shine, finding new information, studying, etc. I don't know is exciting. It means you get to learn. See? Teacher, back to school. Love it. All right. This is a good one. Let someone else take the lead and go along with it. It's hard. Those of us who like control want to just step in and scoop in and swoop in at the last second and do a better. Nope. Let someone else take the lead and let them do it. Go along with it. Now, this can start really small. Let somebody else choose the movie. You know, choose not to dominate the conversation. If you're always the talker, let somebody else take the lead. Let somebody else choose the topic and then go along with it. It's like that that improv rule. You know, always say yes. Yes, and. Go along with it. Start focusing on what's right with everything. I love today's tips because the need to be right makes you focus on everything that's wrong. So, st- and we, you know what? We have, we are in such a bad habit of doing that. We look at the world and we see all that's wrong with it and all the things we don't like and all the things we disagree with and all the people we disagree with, you know, or we look at our day and someone asks, how was your day? And we had a crummy five minutes or we had this short argument with our kid, you know, and we let those five minutes undo the other 16 hours of good that we had. We focus on what's wrong. Focus on what's right. In every situation, what is going well here? What works? What do I like about this person? What do I like about this situation? And lastly, when you encounter someone with a different opinion than you, which you will probably within the next five minutes because that's everyone in the world. When you encounter someone with a different opinion than you, Instead of arguing or telling that person your side, 
ask them questions. Get curious. Seek to understand where they're coming from. Why do they believe what they believe? Why do they feel that way? Why are they passionate about this topic? Ask them questions. It can change your level of empathy, your level of compassion. It can lead to acceptance. It can lead to friendship. Um, You can learn and grow. And that's how healthy discourse and discussions are built. Is genuine curiosity, not the entrapment questions where I know if I ask this, I'll be able to bring up this Bible verse. Not entrapment questions, genuine curiosity questions where they know. I was just watching this powerful documentary about where a woman said, they never treated me like I was their project. They treated me like a neighbor. Where you're not getting to know somebody with ulterior motives. You're getting to know them to love them. So next time you... Encounter somebody with a different opinion, just ask questions. Okay, the real real is coming. All right. I'm not sure there is a better example of a group who needed to be right more than the Pharisees. I don't know how you like being lumped in with them. I surely do not. But oh, how the Pharisees loved the letter of the law. They were the very first group of hall monitors. They knew the law backwards and forwards, and they loved pointing out when anyone was messing up or doing something wrong. Loved it. They also loved making a show of how right they were. And in their love of being right, and in their love of following rules to the very letter at all times and making sure everyone else followed the rules to the letter at all times, they completely missed the entire point of Jesus and the entire point of the gospel. I am going to let Jesus prove my point tonight because he can always prove my point infinitely better than anyone else in the world. From Matthew 23, verses 23 and 24. This is Jesus. You're hopeless, you religion scholars and Pharisees. Frauds. You keep meticulous account books, tithing on every nickel and dime you get. But on the meat of God's law, things like fairness and compassion and commitment, the absolute basics— You carelessly take it or leave it. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. Do you have any idea how silly you look writing a life story that's wrong from start to finish, nitpicking over commas and semicolons? I absolutely love that. Now, that is from The Message, or sometimes they just say it in a way that hits a little bit different. I totally encourage you, go back. Here's some homework for you today as you as you think about maybe areas where you struggle with this. Go back and read Matthew 23, verses 23 and 24 and a couple different versions. Oh, so good. So yeah, the Pharisees, they were very careful to pay exact tithe on even their spices and little bits of herbs. You know, they nitpicked about the very smallest details and little pieces of information. But when it came to things like love, compassion, Justice, those things were completely missing from their lives. Jesus goes on in verses 27 and 28. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, Your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. It's so much less about being right 
than it is about doing what is right. Legalism isn't love. The Pharisees were focused on the wrong thing. We can get so caught up in being right that we forget the more important commandment of treating others in the right way. Being right, even when you have the truth to share with people who need it, isn't going to change anyone if you don't also have love. 1 Corinthians 13.3 If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. So the next time we feel ourselves needing to prove we're right and show them they're wrong, when we need to win and make sure they know they're losing, when we hear ourselves constructing our debates and our refutes and our proofs, we need to ask ourselves if maybe there's a better way to show people the truth by our love. We are not called to be right. We are called to do what is right. So let's do it. Oh, thanks for being with me, ladies uh, and gentlemen, if you're out there. I appreciate you so much. We've got one more episode to go in this Letting Go series. And then, oh man, I'm super stoked about the one coming next. It is already changing my life as I study. And I'm very excited uh, to be back in the studio with some of the girls and, and get this going. Have a wonderful Have a wonderful week. We're going to be excited to learn here at homeschool and back in the public schools. We love you. Thanks for growing with us. See you later. You've been listening to the Girl on a Hill podcast. Please help us out by sharing the podcast with your friends, connecting with us on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. We're here to climb the hill with you as we all work to stop hiding, start shining, and be the women we were created to be. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.